الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اذا زلزلت الارض زلزالها واخرجت الارض اثقالها وقال الانسان ما لها يومئذ تحدث اخبارها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الكيس من دان نفسه وعمل لما بعد الموت والعاجز من اتبع نفسه هواها وتمنى على الله الاماني او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام my most respected elders and brothers <coughs> being the auspicious and mubarak month of rajab today being the 26th and tonight being the 27th lots of people spend some expect that it's a special occasion and that uh, many of the masajid have programs i'm sure maybe also this masjid will be having a program this evening in which they discuss the uh journey the special journey of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mention of which is made in a quran pak where allah taala speaks about the miraculous journey of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the 15 juz of the quran subhanallazi asra bi abdihi laylan min almasjid alharam ila almasjid alaqsa allazi barakna hawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina Allah Ta'ala speaks about the reason why he caused Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to go on this miraculous journey and maybe inshallah whoever is going to be speaking tonight they will elaborate and tell you further about this special and miraculous journey of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but just to pick up on two or three points that maybe I can leave you with so that it's a matter of thought for us it a matter of reflection for us i also want to speak a few minutes pertaining to the happenings of the last few or the last two weeks where we know that what has happened in in turkey and what has happened in syria that that uh, the devastation that is becoming apparent where thousands of people have passed away and they have been affected my dear brothers what are the lessons for us that we need to take and what is the teachings of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in regards to you know sometimes where we see these severe and very very uh, you know these type of happenings where we find that uh, a tremor or we find an earthquake is caused in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mention is made that when some things become very apparent when guna and sin becomes apparent on earth then even the earth trembles the fear of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and amongst those gunas and sins that are listed rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned some 13 14 some in some riwayat there are 15 things that if it becomes apparent and widespread then the hadith says then you must wait for the azab and punishment of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we have to also take into our mind and into our thoughts and reflect 
that are we living a life of complacency? Sometimes we think we are, we are immune from any type of disaster, we are immune from any type of difficulty, but the reality is that we are not saved and we are not immune to it. There is no guarantee, nobody got a guarantee that he is immune and he will not be tried and tested and he, that he will not be you know, given any form of a test. So there's different interpretations and understandings of these things. And a person who is disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for him, my dear brothers, it is an azab and a punishment. And somebody who is in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he gets tried and tested, for him it is a means of gaining closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a trial and a tribulation to a person so that the person can reflect and he can turn around and he can change his life. He's still got an opportunity as long as he's got life. He has not seen Malak al He still has an opportunity to turn and reflect his life and turn his life around. But sometimes a person needs a jolt. He needs to be woken up. Because sometimes we take things very complacently. We think we are immune. We don't worry. So now when a person now is not working, five months, six months, one year, two years, I met one man, three years not working. Now ask him, Bhai, you're not, are you reading namaz? Are you reading salah? One of the guarantees of Allah is that if you perform your salah on time, and with jamaat, you perform your salah diligently, properly, with khushu and khudu. One of the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Allah Park will make your risk easy for you. Your risk will become asan. Now the man is complaining and he's saying that, you know what, Malana, I'm trying every way. I'm unable to get a job. I'm unable to do this. I'm unable to do that. There's always fighting in my house. My wife is complaining and this and that and that now. The thing is that we have to do a reflection on our own life and see whether, my dear brothers, whether we are leading a life in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or we are leading a life otherwise. How are you going to get barakah, we ask the person, how are you going to get barakah in your home if you are not reading salah on time? You got a television on in the, in the house there, there is no tilawat of Quran, there is no zikrullah, there is no name of Allah in your home, then you're telling me that there's fighting in your home. <laughs> what else is going to be in your home if, you, if you're not going to have fights? And he's saying all the time, my, my wife and I, we are loggerheads and the children are observing us, they're becoming affected by this. And you know, how must we handle the situation? What is the challenge? Well, you know, we are facing these challenges. But when you sit and investigate and you ask the person different, different, different questions, then his life is only surrounded with materialism. It's going to work, earning a livelihood, coming home, eating, and next going, going back. There is no nothing about deen. No, no talk about deen in the house. What else are you going to get, my dear brothers? What else are you going to get? How are you going to plant... I mean, you plant something, you can't expect something else to grow. What you're going to plant, that's what's going to grow. I mean, there's common sense. So if you are planting all the things that are attracting or taking away the rahmat and mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from our home, then my dear brothers, we, I mean, only common sense that you're not going to be able to have 
any, you know, peace and tranquility. A man supposed to be looking forward to go home. Huh? When we, some people, they come to our office, then we ask the man, why tell me you look forward to go to work or you look forward to come home? Now the response that he gives you will tell you what is a harlot. If he says, no me, I look forward to go home, man. You know, and then you ask the wife, you look forward for your husband to come home or you look forward to him to go to work? If she says, no, I look forward to him coming home, I prepare for him, etc., then you know that bond and relationship is good. But if a man says, no, I look forward to go to work, and his wife says, no, I want him to go out of the house, then you know there's a problem here. The pulse is telling you that this marriage is not in a good end. Something is not right here. Things are not right. We have to take stock of ourselves, my dear brothers. So this night, this day, this, I mean, this, uh, this occasion of Mi'raj was a special occasion. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he went through some numerous difficulties. I'll quickly state, his wife, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha, had passed away in that year. Then after a very short period of time, then his, uh, his uncle also, Abu Talib, also passed away. So I think first Abu Talib passed away, and then Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha passed away. The two very great support of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they left the world. And then what else happened in that year, just before this whole incident of Mi'raj took place, was the incident of Ta'if took place. So three very great challenges and difficulties and should we say uh, trials came on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One was the loss of his uncle who was very close, who was very close so much so, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he desired the iman of Abu Talib. He was hoping, he's telling his uncle, oh my uncle, read in my ear the kalima, I will bear testimony to Allah. Then his uncle said, I know your deen is a true deen. I know your deen is a true deen, but I am afraid, what will all these people, the leaders of Quraysh say, that Abu Talib was afraid and he forsake the deen of his forefathers. Allah didn't bless him with iman. It would cause a lot of, you know, a lot of trauma on the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu Imagine the iman of whom somebody whom Ramiya Kareem sallallahu desired. But Allah did not want iman for his uncle. The point for us to realize and understand that iman and this Islam is a very great ni'mat of Allah. That Allah has blessed you and me with. It is not our right. We could have been born in any home. It is not our right. But Allah blessed us with this iman and with this Islam. It is a very great ni'mat of Allah. We will not be able to realize and understand the value of iman until and unless you don't go in akhirat. In the life of this world, we won't understand. It's like giving a child one gold, one diamond ring or one diamond on it. Give him one diamond and turn him... He'll give it to you for one sweet or chocolate. He doesn't know the value of the diamond. He'll say, oh, give me that stone you got there. But you take this ice cream, he'll change it. Why? He doesn't know the value. But if you take that same stone and you give it to one jeweler or somebody who knows the value of stones, and he'll look at that thing and say, hey, where you got this thing from? This is very valuable. This is a diamond. You can't buy this. You need a lot of money to buy this. 
So he knows the value of it. In the dunya, you can't understand the value of ni'mat, of the bounty of iman. When you go in akhirat and you see the value of iman, that Allah Ta'ala is giving a person so much of the hereafter of paradise because of this ni'mat and bounty of iman, then we'll say, oh, oh, now I understand what is iman. Now I understand the value of iman. Allah Ta'ala saves God and protects a person from eternal doom and destruction because of this ni'mat and bounty of iman. But the ajeeb thing is that nobody can give iman to anyone. If anybody could give iman to anyone, then Nabi Kareem Wasallam would have given iman to his uncle Abu Talib. But he, even that he couldn't do. Huh? He couldn't do that. It tells us, it makes us realize and understand that this bounty of iman is a very great ni'mat and a bounty. And we have to value it, you have to protect it. There is no certainty that you got iman that you'll die with iman. There is no certainty. And there is no certainty that if you don't have iman, that you'll die without iman. Allah may be in your life. Sometime you get a person just before he passes away. We hear so many 70 years, 80 years, 85 years. He accepts iman and after a few days a man passed away. He goes with a clean slate. So, my dear brothers, this is a very great. That's why Rasulullah Sallallahu taught us with one dua. He said, Allahumma thabbitna ala al-iman. Oh Allah, keep me steadfast on iman. Then he said, Wa amitna ala al-iman. Cause me to die with iman. And then the dua continues and he says, Cause me to resurrect on the day of, of Qiyamah with iman as well. So my dear brothers, we have to be very cautious. We have to be very careful that we have this iman. Now the question arises, how do I preserve and protect this iman? So I was saying Rasulullah he had the three challenges. One was the issue pertaining to the demise of Abu Talib. Then his beloved wife. His wife from whom bore him all his children. Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha. The one who sacrificed all her wealth for the advancement and progress of deen. She gave everything to Rasulullah made it available for him for deen. She, he lost her. The two pillars of support. And then the waqiyah of Taif, we know the waqiyah of Taif. We all know that waqiyah, eh, where he was pelted and stoned. Now to recompensate Rasulullah wasallam with the trials and tribulation that he faced, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with this Mubarak journey of Mi'raj, in which he called Rasulullah, he was invited, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam was invited in the presence of Allah. My point being that what was given to him in that occasion of Mi'raj was Salah. That was what was gifted to Rasulullah wasallam. They say the other ahkam of Allah was revealed to him while he was on earth. Meaning like the hukam of Hajj or the hukam of Zakat or Qurbani or whatever orders of Allah you, you can think of besides Salah. Salah is the only order of Allah that Rasulullah when he went for Mi'raj, he was gifted that by, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a gift to the ummah of Rasulullah so that we may be able to communicate directly with Allah. What a great ni'mat of Allah. We are not like the, like the Jews and, and other people, Hindus and all that. Yeah, we don't go to a Malana, like a, we go to a priest and then you confess your gunah and sin. And then he 
you know, he blesses you or he, he relieves you of that and he tells you all funny things. We are able to communicate directly with Allah. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي أَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Allah is saying when they ask, Oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa where is Allah? So Allah answers in the Quran and tells us that, Oh my banda, tell him, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي That when my bandas, they seek and they ask, where is Allah? نَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ We are closer to you than your jugular vein. Where is Allah? Allah is all around us. Allah is the one, He's the only being, Allah is the only one who can relieve us of any of our difficulty and any of our challenges, any of our problems. Our full yaqeen must be in Allah. Everything is from Allah. So my dear brothers, this gift of salat that was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at the time of mi'raj, how much we have to value it and take care of it? How much we have to value it? The most we have to value it, my dear brothers. Why? Because, my dear brothers, let me tell you, the other orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is like, there is a relaxation on it. Certain orders. Let me explain to you what you mean by that. Somebody might think, hey, what is this Malana talking? For example, Hajj. Sometimes a person will pass away, he never make Hajj. But Hajj never became faraz on him, because he never have the wealth, the financial wealth, to be able to make the suffer of Hajj. You see? So Hajj is not faraz on him. He is excused from that order of Allah that you know you must perform Hajj once in your lifetime, once in your lifetime. There are people who pass away, they never perform Hajj. And in our system, you have to put your name in that south list and all that. Sometimes so many people, they passed away, their name is on that list. Some people's name is coming out, but they say, hey, they phone and say, this, my father passed away. You can uh, give that place to somebody else. So he wasn't given that opportunity to make hajj. So he passed away. Now is he gunagar in the sight of Allah? He's not gunagar. He never make hajj, he never have the opportunity, or he never have the financial ability to undertake that suffer of hajj without being able to you know, provide sufficiently. Another example, sometimes you get people, they can't pay zakat. Why? Because they're not in a position, a man may be earning 5,000 and 7,000 and in this day and age, you earn 10,000 rand, so it's not enough. Now every month, he got no hardly any money left. He's paying 5,000 rand rental. His lights and water coming to 2,000 or whatever it is. He's left with the balance to eat. So he's got no surplus funds. So he doesn't pay zakat. He doesn't have to pay zakat. Zakat is not fund on him. If you got more than the nisab value for one year, then you have to pay zakat. Now you didn't pay zakat your whole life, you passed away. Allah will not take you to task. But salat is the only order of Allah. My dear brothers, salat is the only order of Allah. From the time of bulugh, from the time you become barik, from the time of you become of age, till the time you die, you have to fulfill the obligation of salat. It is never maf. It is sometimes it's half, you know half. You get concession like when you're traveling. When you're traveling, you're going more than 77 kilometers somewhere. So you're going Joburg or you're going, you know, Maritzburg or you're going somewhere. Now, you, the whole time you're there, you can read two rakats. It's half. You don't have to read. It's called qasar. Allah Ta'ala gave you the concession that when you are musafir, you read qasar salah. It's half. 
not maf. One person he went, you know, in one bayan, now he can catch a doze in the bayan. The best time to sleep is Juma time, they say. I hope nobody is sleeping here. So then he went home, his wife asked him, what the Molana spoke today? So he said, hey, Molana said that when you are traveling, then the namaz is maf. So he said, she said no, he said it's half, not maf, you were sleeping in the bayan. <laughs> so I hope nobody is misunderstanding me. Namaz, you get a concession when you are traveling. You are going to Johannesburg or Cape Town or wherever you're going. Now you went out of the boundary of your town and now you're reading your salah, you read half. Qasar. You look at concession, Allah Ta'ala made it so easy. But it's not maf, you never excuse. Only a woman when she's in a menstruation, then namaz is excused. But she must sit on a musallah and make the zikr of Allah in that time. But she don't have to pray formal salah. So it's never excused, my dear brothers, make this niyat and intention that, Oh Allah, for the rest of our life, Oh Allah, give me the tawfiq, number one, I must read my full salah with jamaat. To the best of our ability, how now when the masjid is full at the time of Juma, my dear brothers, it's supposed to be full all the time. But for some reason or the other, you get delayed or you got some reason. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, he... At the time of his demise, you know, when a person is passing away, then the nasihat they give you at that time, you value it. You say, hey, this was my mother's wasiyat to me. You know, I must take care of my, my, my sisters, for example. So the man, he takes that thing very, very valuably. He holds it very strong. One person came, he said, no, my, my, my father made wasiyat that, hey, my brother is sickly, you must look after your brother. So Malana, that's why I look after him. Because that was my father's command to me, like my order to me. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave a command to this ummah at the time of his demise. He said, as-salah, as-salah, as-salah. Meaning, guard your salah, guard your salah, guard your salah. Imagine the Nabi of Allah, leaving this world, one of the advisors he gave, protect your salah. God, your salah. So we must, my dear brothers, look for that opportunity. And I'm saying to you that Allah Ta'ala makes that opportunity for you to be able to read your salah with jamaat or to read it in a masjid or to be able to read it at, a, at its appointed time. Inna salata kanat alal mu'minina kitabam mawkuta. It's got proper timings. Some people, they go to work, then they come home and then they hit four namazes or three namazes one time. Like Isha time, they'll come home, then they're hitting the Zohar namaz, Asad namaz, Maghrib namaz, and then they're reading the Isha also. They ask him, what happened? He said, no, I never have a chance to read my namaz. But you're reading it, you're reading it kaza. You're not reading it ada. Ada, you're supposed to read it on its time. Allah made that particular time for his ibadat. So we have to try to fulfill it in its correct time. Not just fulfill it. Allah didn't say just read your salah. He said, aqimu salah, establish your salah. There's a difference, the muhaddisin explained, the mufassirin explained, there's a difference between reading and establishing. We don't have time to go into that. But make this niyat, my dear brothers, that Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq, that our salah will not let it go by. The second thing, my dear brothers, let us quickly, in two minutes, take a lesson from what happened in Turkey. Let us take a lesson. Overnight a person's heart can change. Overnight, you may have a lot of wealth, you've got big buildings, everything. Everything you got today. You slept in the night, you woke up in the morning and it crushed. Everything went completely down, you're finished. 
from a zakat giving person your halat change overnight tomorrow you will be standing in a line to collect and we went through this in our time when we had all the things that happened in our in in Durban in that looting and all Muslim businessmen who were giving us zakat and all that then they said that hey we we got nothing Malana you'll have to help us to start our business again that means we have them with the zakat money to start a business again and now that man is rolling but my point is that overnight our halat can change. Don't have this takabur and gurur in us. That, oh no, I'm well set, I got my this investment, that investment. Today you got the best investment, it can go somersaulting. And you can be left with nothing. People had a lot of investments and I don't know. But my dear brothers, don't put any tawakkul and reliance on that. Our reliance is on Allah. So make this commitment, our salah, we won't leave. And number two, let us take, if put ourselves, our halat, our condition right. If you are doing things not right, don't wait for Allah to use a lati to make you straight. You'll tell your son, hey, don't drive fast, don't drive fast. Don't. If he's continuing what he's doing, you'll get cross. You might have to hit him also. Why? Because you're afraid you don't want him to, to kill somebody else. And if he doesn't listen, you'll take away that car from him. I didn't give you the car to race and drive and to... Uh, jeopardize another person's life, you rather take the bus, leave the car. You go on your own. So you'll snatch away that nemat and bounty that you gave as a human being. You gave your own son. You'll take it away from him because you don't want him to jeopardize his own life and kill someone else. Allah Ta'ala has given us this nemats and blessings. Don't make it such that Allah snatches away that nemat and bounty He gave us. Or Allah takes it away from us for some reason because of our disobedience. Allah has showered us with innumerable bounties and ni'mats. This is the karam of Allah, the fuzzle of Allah, the mercy of Allah on us. Let us value it, my dear brothers. Let us be try our best to be obedient to Allah. We fall off, we make dua to Allah. Allah give you and me the tawfiq.